If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney bride Ashton Duggar about her Wishes Collection wedding at Walt Disney World. She did a lot of planning and preparation for this event, so I thought you guys would be interested to hear her tips and advice and, of course, how everything turned out. So welcome, Ashton. Hey, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I always start at the very beginning and ask how you guys decided you wanted to have a wishes wedding at Walt Disney World. Rusty and I both really love Disney. We've been going together pretty much every year since we started dating. And actually, we go the exact same week in October and we have for the past six years. So we had a really long engagement. We were engaged actually for five years. And mostly that was due to The fact that the thought of having to take on the financial burden of paying for a wedding on our own was just more than I really wanted to take on. So I started doing some research just randomly one day and came across your podcast. And then I found the Diz Brides on Facebook. And after kind of researching into it a little bit, found out that it would actually be cheaper for us to do a Disney wedding with a smaller guest count as opposed to having a big wedding here where we would have a hundred plus people. And then we kind of decided that it would be fun to have our wedding on the same week that we've, you know, done this traditional week in October and kind of have our guests included in the things that we enjoy doing that week in addition to the wedding. So that's what we did. That's a great idea. So is that things like Food and Wine Festival? We love Food and Wine Festival. We also really enjoy Halloween Horror Nights over at Universal. We're big Halloween people, so we also had some people do that with us that week as well. That's great. Now, how did you guys choose your ceremony and reception venues? For ceremony, I kind of knew from the very beginning that I wanted to do the wedding pavilion. I like the more traditional aspect of it. We are religious, so it kind of does have that chapel feel. And also we were getting married, of course, in October, which is still very much hurricane season. So me being very top A and a planner, the thought of it possibly raining out an outdoor wedding was just too much for me. Definitely the wedding pavilion was was the best bet. But then for the reception location, 
actually it was the opposite. I wanted something that was completely non-traditional. I wanted something that really screamed Disney. I wanted people to feel like it was something different than what they would ever get back home. So we obviously, because of our small numbers, weren't able to do it at some of the more elaborate locations like American Adventure Rotunda. I had narrowed it down to Living Sea Salon and California Grill. Living Sea Salon was great, but I wasn't really keen on the more expensive venue rental fee for that location and then also having the charter transportation we were going to have to have. So California Grill to me was a great location for us. It had the amazing views. I had seen people with the pictures on the catwalk with the castle in the background and thought that, you know, nothing could be better for our guests than to be able to have those kind of views and be able to take those pictures with the castle. And yeah, it was a great decision for us. That's great. How did your friends and family react when they found out where your wedding was going to be? We had mixed reactions. Our close friends were really excited about it. But I think a lot of our family, even though I grew up going to Disney with my family, my husband's family had only been once a long time ago, so they weren't familiar with it. And it's obviously really overwhelming for people that are not used to Disney. I think people were worried about the costs and how they were going to get there. But as it went along and people kind of started researching and planning, I helped everybody, you know, book their fast passes and their dining and everybody really got into it. So there towards the end, people were really excited. How many guests ended up making the trip? We invited 47 and we had 32 to come. Okay. Now, can you tell me a bit about your theme and how you incorporated it into your events? Yeah, so I had this crazy idea that I wanted our guests to kind of get the four-park experience when they were coming to our wedding. So I named each one of the tables a different park, and then we had something that included each park in our wedding or the events surrounding it. So the morning before the wedding, we had a pretty decent-sized group. About, I guess, half of our people met us at Animal Kingdom We spent the morning there and enjoyed Pandora. And then the night before the wedding, we hosted a welcome party at Hollywood Studios. The wedding reception was, of course, at California Grill. So even though they weren't in the Magic Kingdom, we still had that, you know, aspect of the Magic Kingdom with being able to kind of get the cool views of Magic Kingdom and people getting their picture with the castle. And then the night of the wedding, We had our dessert party at Epcot, so they kind of got, you know, all four parks in some way, shape, or form. That's cool. Where were your parties at Hollywood Studios and at Epcot? At Hollywood Studios, we actually got moved to a backup location because of inclement weather. It wasn't raining, but it was right around the time of, um, I think, Hurricane Maria was coming or had came through. And so there were some pretty high wind gusts that were coming off the coast. And they moved us to an indoor location. I can't remember the name of the location. It's the pizza restaurant that's across from the Muppet. Pizza Rizzo. So they had it there. And I was super bummed when we found out that we were moved indoors. I was really upset because initially they had told us that 
Fantasmic was canceled as well. So I was pretty upset. But when we got to the location, it was really awesome. They had given us this room upstairs. They had, I'm not sure if it's normally that way, but they had really cool 80s music playing. The decorations were beautiful. And it was right next door to the new tap room. I think maybe it's called the Tap House that just opened at Hollywood Studios. So our guests could walk over there and get alcoholic drinks if they wanted. It was really, really neat. And then our dessert party was at UK Lockside. Got it. And with Fantasmic, did they end up showing it or was it canceled? They did. So about 20 minutes into our welcome party, our planner had come over and basically told me that the show was back on and wanted to know if it was okay if we could kind of hurry along and wrap up the food because we had a pretty long trek from where that location was all the way up to the patio. My mother is disabled, so she is in a wheelchair and it was going to have to be a pretty pretty slow, you know, steady pace getting up there. But she did say that they had given us the large patio when we were supposed to have the smaller one and that they already had it all set up with chairs and everything. So we took off and started walking. And actually, as soon as we hit the patio, the show started. So it was pretty perfect. That's great. Can you give me a timeline of how your wedding day ran? It was long. (laughs) Um, We actually had a park shoot. So I think the night before I had gotten in the bed a little after midnight and I had to be up at 3.30 to hurry up and order some room service, some coffee and pastries um, for myself and my hair and makeup. She got there about 4.15. Hair and makeup ended about 5.45. My best friend had come over to our hotel room at the beach club because we have a six-year-old daughter who, of course, couldn't go to the park shoot. So she sat with my daughter while we went and had our pictures taken at the Magic Kingdom. That lasted until I think about 7.30 and we got back to the room about 7.45 or 8 o'clock. The van picked us up at 8.15. We went to the Grand Floridian for pre-ceremony pictures. I was really, really wanting this really cool monorail shot. So We spent quite a bit of time before the ceremony getting that picture and did some family pictures. Ceremony started at 10, ended, and our reception started at 11.15, and it was really quick. I think we got there about 11.20 because we actually did most of our pictures before the ceremony. We ate. We had Mickey and cake cutting. The reception ended at around 2. And then our dessert party didn't start until 7.45. So we actually got to go back to our room and take a nap. Then we met there at International Gateway. We walked over, met at 7.45. Dessert party was at 8, ended about 9.30. And I was back in my room about 10. (laughs) Now, I often see people ask, you know, is it a good idea to do your bridal portrait session the morning of the wedding because, you know, the gown can get dirty and it's a long day and then you have to rush from the photo session to the ceremony. Having done it, would you recommend it? Now, yes. Probably the day of, I would have said no because (laughs) I was exhausted. I did it, of course, mostly, you know, to save money. You don't have to do the hair and makeup twice. Um, But also because I didn't want to have to wake up early 
again that week because that was our, you know, wedding slash vacation week. And I wanted to kind of get to sleep in other days, but it is long and they are pressure washing the magic kingdom, usually trying to get ready for the guests coming in. So there's a lot of water and wetness on the ground. My dress did get soaked on the bottom, but you couldn't tell you know, obviously because of the train and my veil. So yeah, I would recommend it. I mean, you get everything kind of out of the way and yeah, I mean, it saves money on hair and makeup and it was fun. It was a fun experience. It was a good way to kick off the wedding day for us because it's very surreal kind of being in the magic kingdom before everybody else gets in there. Got it. Another question I see a lot is about how it was working with California Grill because they don't allow you to do a menu tasting and their menus are pretty restricted. Were you able to customize them at all or do swaps? The menu at California Grill was probably one of my biggest stressors just because, like I'd mentioned earlier, I am very top A and I'm a planner and not having that freedom was kind of frustrating for me. But we were able to do some things. The preset menus, anyway, we did the the bar stow. Even though we were technically a brunch wedding, we did the lunch menu because our reception was at 11. So they let us do that, which was a very awesome value in my opinion. But it includes like a dessert portion of the menu. And I just really didn't feel like we needed that because I had a massive cake that fed more people than what I really needed anyway. So after a little bit of back and forth, they did let me remove the desserts, which was nice. And with the kids' menus, there wasn't an option to do like macaroni and cheese as a side. It was either a main dish or nothing. And they actually let me do the macaroni and cheese in addition to the main dish for the children because we kind of had a a mix of picky eaters and kids that would eat anything. So that was really nice. Interesting. And did you end up with any menu items or cake flavors that you would recommend? The California Girl was, it ended up being amazing. You know, I had talked to a a bride that was on your show last year and she, you know, reassured me over and over again that the menu was going to be great. The food was great, but you know, I think everybody, you still stress about things, even though people tell you, you know, don't worry about it. And it was, it was amazing. People still talk about the food, the steak was amazing on the bar stove, and the cake was amazing. We did a three-tiered cake, all different tiers, different flavors, and I think the consensus was the marble with the peanut butter cup filling was the best out of the cake flavors. It was awesome. And for the welcome party and the dessert party, we tried to do different foods that you couldn't necessarily get, either they were specific to a certain location in Disney World or they were discontinued. So we did like the cheeseburger spring rolls and everybody loved those. We did the donuts flambe and everybody really seemed to like those as well. And we did the red wine cheesecake push-ups from the Club Villain show that they no longer have. And people seem to really enjoy those as well. Okay, great tips. Did you guys have any entertainment at your reception? We only did Mickey as far as actual character entertainment, but he was great. We did not do a DJ. I just brought my own external speaker and made different playlists. And my best friend just swapped, you know, between the playlists, which worked out 
really well and saved us a lot of money. And probably one of the biggest hits of the wedding that we did, which I guess is entertainment, it turned into entertainment, was we did the little Polaroid cameras and I had brought a bunch of photo props that I had bought off Etsy. And the, you know, the point was for everybody to take a picture and put it in our guest book and, you know, make us a little note. But as the, you know, the afternoon went on and people had a few drinks, it turned into, you know, people taking silly pictures. And then when Mickey came, people were taking pictures, you know, of themselves with Mickey and having him sign it as like a souvenir. So it was uh, really awesome. It was a huge hit. That's a great idea. Yeah, it was great. It really was. It was so fun. I just brought a bunch of extra packs of film and my best friend, you know, would just replenish it as need be and people loved it. Very cool. Before we continue, I want to take a quick break and tell you about this episode's sponsor, Manly Bands. I was really excited when these guys contacted me because I think they are solving a couple problems that I've seen a lot over the years of following Disney weddings. The first of which is that men's wedding bands are kind of boring. And on top of that, they cost a lot of money for something that is that boring. So I was happy to see that Manly Bands offers dozens of unique wedding band styles and none of them cost more than $200. They also offer some non-traditional materials for their wedding bands. So if your guy has a nickel allergy, they have titanium wedding bands. Or if he works with his hands and needs a safer ring, they have silicone bands. And then they just have some cool stuff like rose gold, tungsten carbide for the Monty Python fan, and something called Damascus steel, which apparently has historically been used in sword making, which makes it that much cooler to use as your wedding ring. Manly Bands offers sizes 5 through 17, so if your groom is hard to fit, they are going to have the larger or smaller size that he may need. And they have super fast shipping, so if your groom has procrastinated in purchasing his wedding band, he might be able to get it in three or four days. In addition to their amazing customer service, Manly Bands offers free U.S. exchanges, a 30-day return policy, and a one-year no-hassle warranty. And they are offering listeners of the Disney Wedding Podcast a 15% discount on any Manly Band ring style. So all you need to do is enter the code FAIRYTALE, all one word, in the box when you are checking out. And now, on with the show! So when you were planning, what were the most important aspects where you splurged or you focused your attention? Uh, We really focused a lot of our budget on guest experience. Um, Our guests were traveling, you know, all the way to Florida to take part in our wedding. So we wanted to make sure that they, you know, felt appreciated. So we spent quite a bit on the different parties, um, the ride mix in. We had an open bar at the reception. And then we also spent a good chunk of our budget on food. Uh, Rusty and I are huge foodies. So we wanted to make sure that the food was really good. And I really wanted a really big cake to kind of be the focal point of the reception since we weren't really planning to spend a lot on floral. Okay, great. And then what were the areas where you maybe saved some money or saved your time? We probably spent the smallest amount of our budget on floral and decor. We actually didn't really spend very much more than the minimums on those. We tried to pick things that we felt like would make the biggest visual impact um, with the money that we were planning to spend for it. So Like we had the basic candelabras down the aisle and we added shivari chairs to the reception. 
we upgraded the linens on just our sweetheart table and our cake table, you know, to kind of draw the eye towards those. And instead of having really big floral centerpieces, I got the idea to just do the smaller julep cup arrangements from a bride that you had actually had on your show earlier in the year. They were super affordable. They provided, you know, really nice pop of color. And then I also discovered that doing loose petals was a really good way to kind of add our colors into both the ceremony and the reception, but they were super affordable and I put those everywhere. I had them on the altar table. I had them on the pedestal where my unplugged sign was on the sweetheart table, the cake table, and around the centerpieces on all the guest tables as well. That's great. And I know when you were planning, you were initially looking at doing pipe and drape to cover some of the walls at California Grill. What did you end up doing with that? Yeah, so when I was doing the planning for our reception, I, of course, really loved the California Grill, but the Napa Room has these huge pictures on the wall. They're really, really bright, and I was really, really worried that they would clash with our decor, and I stress out about that a lot. So my planner had actually recommended doing the pipe and drape, and, you know, I really did not want those pictures in, you know, any of our wedding photos, so I was like, great, that'll work. So, you know, it was fine. We had our planning session. She added that to the BEO, and I didn't think any more of it. Then probably about three months before the actual wedding, I was sitting down one day just kind of going through our BEO and making sure everything was right, and I came upon the pop and drape, and for some reason, you know, it never bothered me before, but I kind of looked at the price for that, for draping, you know, essentially a wall and a half, and... It was really, really expensive. So I actually ended up talking over with Rusty and we decided that we would cut the pipe and drape and instead do a welcome party because after I added up all the numbers, the welcome party was really only coming out to maybe, you know, a couple hundred dollars more than what the pipe and drape was. So we scratched the pipe and drape and we added the welcome party. And then I was really adamant though about making sure that my photographer and videographer knew that I really didn't like these pictures. So, you know, to try to record and photograph from the door that you come in outward towards the window so that the, the pictures wouldn't be, you know, in any of our photos. But the funny thing about it was, is after, you know, we actually got to the reception, everybody was using those, that big picture as like a backdrop for, our little makeshift photo booth that we had set up. Yeah. And even me, I was standing in front of that big picture with my girlfriends. Cause you know, in the, the moment of the reception and just enjoying myself, I had completely forgotten how much I hated those pictures. And actually my videographer was like, you know, you really stressed about not having these pictures in the background and here you are standing in front of them. So <laughs> it ended up being a great decision that we got rid of the pop and drape because the welcome party was awesome. And I'm, I'm sure much more memorable for your guests. Oh, yeah, it definitely was. Nobody even noticed, you know, the pictures. I had kind of brought it up to people before the wedding, like my best friend, and been like, don't don't look at the, at the pictures <laughs> on the wall. And she, nobody even noticed. But they did have an awesome time at, you know, the welcome party. And we have those memories now that are priceless. What ended up being your favorite memory of the day? I guess the most appropriate answer for this would probably be 
you know, walking down the aisle or my vows. But honestly, I was so nervous. I hate being in front of people. So that whole part was kind of a blur. My favorite memory was probably the reception. Just walking in with Rusty and kind of seeing, you know, everything that we had worked really hard and planned and seeing it kind of all come to life and being able to kind of breathe and relax and knowing that all the stress was over, like our friends were there, we could just, you know, let loose, have a good time and enjoy everything that we had planned. That's wonderful. Now, did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? You mentioned the welcome party change of venue. Yeah, that was, you know, unexpected, but it it turned out to be okay. Nothing really went wrong, per se, but two days, I got married on a Wednesday, and on Monday afternoon, I got a call from my planner, and she was like, don't freak out. And she proceeded to tell me that she had a scheduling conflict and was not going to be able to be at our wedding, Mm -hmm. but assured me that, you know, we had a a backup planner, that she was amazing. And she was, I mean, she was incredible. We really, really liked her. But there were a few things that weren't the way that I had discussed them originally with my planner. And I feel like that that's probably due to just a miscommunication between her and the substitute planner that we had. But it wasn't anything that was like detrimental to my day. So yeah, I mean, it really wasn't a big deal, but. Okay, that's good to hear. Yeah, it was just a little stressful. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Was there any aspect of the wedding that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then turned out not to be? You mentioned the menus at California Grill as one. Yeah, pretty much everything. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I spent so much time, looking back on it now, I mean, I just spent so much time stressing about little things that in, you know, the grand scheme of things really weren't that important. I spent a lot of time stressing about food. You know, it was everybody going to like the menus, of course, like I'd mentioned before, was it enough food? You know, we did kind of go on the cheaper end was floral and I worried that maybe it wouldn't be enough, that it would look too bare, that the playlist wasn't going to be good to the point where I actually had looked at my BEO to see what times things were happening and tried to count the minutes on the songs to match up with what was supposed to be scheduled. I mean, it was crazy, (laughs) (laughs) but everything ended up being fine, you know, and looking back on it now, I'm like, I can't believe I stressed that much over, you know, little things like that because it's Disney and they do this every day and it's going to be amazing. Got it. So is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I don't know that I would have done anything differently. Everything was pretty, pretty amazing. I mean, we had a really, really great overall wedding experience. I think the only thing that I may have done differently was I did spend a little bit too much on the menus, especially for our welcome party, because I was really worried that it wouldn't be enough food. But I think we would have been fine with just the nacho bar and maybe one dessert. We did have a ride mix in at the welcome party, which was amazing. But I gave up my ride mix in that I originally had at the dessert party because I went so over budget with my food. And I probably would have scaled back on the food and kept, you know, my soaring ride mix in because our 
welcome party ride mix in was one of the best things that we did the whole wedding. What ride did you do? We did the Tower of Terror and it was awesome. You know, it's very surreal. It's kind of like the Magic Kingdom thing. You know, the park is closed. They take you the back way behind, I think you come out at maybe the the rock and roller coaster. And so you get to kind of see the backstage area, which is really cool. And then walking in the Tower of Terror, you know, there's nobody there. Super dark, kind of eerie. Like, it's really cool. You have the whole ride to yourself. And then I had actually put a magic band in my clutch that I was carrying. So we also got, you know, the on-ride video and picture of all of our guests that we are printing out and we're actually going to put them in their thank you cards as kind of like a souvenir afterwards. And it was completely uh, free. So it was kind of a twofer. That's a great tip. Yeah, it was really, really cool. Like everybody loved it. And now I still sometimes will watch, you know, the video of all of us on the rod and laugh because people didn't know that we were having it. So it was kind of like a surprise for everybody and everybody loved it. Do you have any other tips or advice for future brides and grooms? The only advice I would give to anybody is, you know, kind of remember what you want to get out of your wedding and what your vision is. And don't get so caught up in the little details of things. Like social media, just it was so hard. You know, I would have all my plans together and my video was finished and everything was great. And then you know, a glitter owl runner would pop up on Instagram. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I need a glitter owl runner. So (laughs) I would email my planner and get all these new price quotes. And I went back and forth like that till probably maybe six weeks before the wedding. It's really easy to kind of let everybody else's ideas and plans kind of, you know, deter your own thoughts for your wedding, like maybe that your wedding's not going to be good enough or extravagant enough, but you just kind of have to keep focused on what you want and it's going to be perfect. That is really great advice. You just reminded me that I kind of did that when I was planning our wedding. Once I settled on the centerpieces or the cake design or whatever, I had to stop looking at Pinterest or any other places to get ideas because yeah, then you'll see something and you'll start second guessing all the decisions that you just made. So you just kind of have to shut it down. (laughs) Yeah, I lost so much sleep over that. I would lay in bed and stress at night over, you know, the littlest things like all these new decisions and ideas and, well, maybe I could replace this with this or maybe, you know, and you'll just drive yourself crazy doing that. So um, I kind of eventually, like I said, about six weeks before our wedding, I just had to really give myself a mental pep talk and be like, you know, enough, like you've got it planned everything's going to be perfect. It's fine. Like, you know, stop stressing about it. And it was, it was great. That's wonderful. Is there any place online where my listeners can go to read about or see photos of your day? I have, you know, all my, my Facebook is not private. So I have different albums for all of our different events. But as far as like a blog, I've also posted, you know, quite a bit in the Diz Brides group on Facebook, but I haven't made like an actual blog or anything yet. Okay, I will also put a slideshow of photos from your wedding in the post for this episode on DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Well, Ashton, I really appreciate your taking the time to chat with me this evening. I think this has been very helpful with a lot of great tips for anyone planning a Wishes event at Walt Disney World, and I appreciate your taking the time. 
Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at fairytaleweddingsguide.com.